Thanks for listening to Connection Church's podcast. Today's message is a part of our series, Under Construction. Jesus' promise is that he will build his people, the church, and that nothing can stop it. That means the church is constantly under construction as new people are brought to Christ and our relationship with him grows. Our prayer is that you see how God continues to build his church and grows us up into a magnificent community of people. What's up, church? Everybody good? Y'all look good today, man. Y'all look really good. Not that you don't normally. When somebody tells me that, I always wonder what they exactly mean by that, right? But we're glad you're here. If it's your first time here, man, we're excited for you to be here. Thankful that you chose to worship with us today and praying that God's already spoken to your heart, that he will continue to do that as we open up his word and we begin uh, to see what he has to tell us today. I will throw this out there. Um, today is going to be a little different uh, for you if it's your first time. Um, it'll be just a, just a slight different, a little bit different than, than usual. So um, I want to speak a lot to the folks who've been here for a while and uh, you'll, you'll see what I mean when we get into it. But glad you're here. Um, know that God has some awesome things in store. Know that I know that God's already done a lot of work in people's hearts. Um, I'm very thankful for our worship leader and all of our worship leaders and our band that every week pours their hearts out, um, leading us into the presence of God. So I'm very thankful for them and their leadership. Um, Today we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to finish up this chapter today. We've been in it the last couple of weeks, and we're going to begin in verse 18. I do want to celebrate something real quick while you find your place there. Um, last week we had uh, 117 people serve 1,284 people so that one person could meet Christ. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, you should clap for that. That's good. And... Uh, it's just cool to see how everybody comes together. And, and it's politically correct in churches not to talk about numbers, but I would say that it is important to talk about numbers because numbers are important to God, and the number that's most important to God is one, right? And the one person that we served last week, that we worshiped with last week, that the power of the Spirit of God transformed and took from death to life last week, everything we do is worth it for that one person to meet Christ. And that's why we're here. Um, Ephesians 2, chapter or, uh, eight, uh, verse 18, we're going to be kicking off a new series today called Under Construction, and I was going to be looking at how God is building His church together. Uh, many times when we hear the church, we think about the building, or we think about the place where we meet, as in Statesboro High School. My kids are completely confused because they don't know where the church is. One day the church is at uh, 29 North Main, the next day it's at the Honey Bowen Recreation Department, the next day it's at the Wesley Chapel, and then on Sundays it's here, right? So they're completely confused if they think about the church as a building, but the church is the people. Um, it's us. It's the body of Christ that's been built together. And so we're going to continue looking at this uh, through the next few weeks. And I'm excited about what God has in store for us. So if you'll turn in your Bibles, if you haven't already, if you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen. I want to read verses 18 through 22, and then we're going to jump in to the message. Let's read the Lord. Speak to our hearts as we open your word. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word and the power 
that comes through your word, Lord. We thank you that it is living and active. And I pray that this morning it would cut us at the core of our being, at the core of our hearts. God, speak to us today. Let us know your presence is with us, God. Um, let us sense and in reverent awe, um, God, that you are here. So we just give you this time. We give you the next few minutes, God, and set them aside as a divine appointment that you can have your way in us. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's get a show of hands real quick. How many of you have ever worked on a construction project, right? You raise your hand. Yeah, some of you, that's what you do. There's a lot of hands. Some of you probably done that in the summertime for summer jobs uh, as you grew up or maybe now while you're in college. Um, some of you, that's what you do every day of your life. Um, I worked in construction in one facet or another uh, for a little over a decade. And I'll never forget my first construction job was actually with a framing crew. Um, we were framing a doctor's office not very far from here and doing an addition on it. And so here I am. I'm a freshman in college you know, after my freshman year in college during the summer. So I go out to work with this crew of framers. And, and I get out there and these guys have been doing this for most of their lives, right? And so they're kind of hard, you know, um, construction kind of guys, you know, um, kind of guys that if they're on your side, like you'll go anywhere, but you don't want them against you. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of person. And so we're out there working for about the first week to 10 days. Um, all I saw was a broom, right? That's all they would let me do. And I'd gone and bought me a new uh, tool bag and I had a hammer and a tape measure and all this stuff. And I was like, man, I'm going to get to build something. And they're like, here, this will be your friend for a while now. And so all I did was sweep and I'd be like, I just swept it, like sweep it again. Right. And so it's constant, just, just doing little piddly things and, and not being able to really build. And then finally, one day they said, Brandon, you need to get your tool belt. We need you to help us put some fascia board up. Now the fascia board is the board that goes around the outside, like the eave of the roof. Right. And so they were like, you know, get your tool belt, put it on. I was like, yes, you know, my day's finally come. Right. And so I go, I get the tool belt, I get it all together. And you could always tell like the new guy, because mine was brand new. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't broken in. It was just brand new spotless. Right? And so I get up there and I was working with this guy. He'd been in the construction business for several years, really tough dude. And, and so we're up there and, and we're putting this board up on the eave of this house standing up on a scaffolding. And so he was down the scaffolding to my right and I'm putting this board up and he's got his end ready to nail and I'm sitting there fighting with my end, trying to get it put up there, kind of panicking like, oh gosh, I gotta get this right, I gotta get this right. And so I'm trying to put it up there and he looks at me from down on the other end of the scaffold and he goes, hey, dumb E, right? <laughs> We're gonna make that PG, right? Hey, dumb E. He said, uh, there's a nail behind it. Kind of like that. And so I moved the board. Sure enough, there was a nail. Kind of felt stupid. But I got to use my hammer, right? And so I knocked in the nail. And then um, we put the fascia board up. We nail it up and we moved down. Well, as luck would have it or fate or whatever you want to call it, right? Um, we're putting up another board just a little ways down the roof. And I've got my end ready to nail. And he's fighting with his end. And I look behind the board. And there was a nail <laughs> on his end, Right? And so I said, and I don't even know why I did this. Like looking back, it was the dumbest thing probably I've ever done. And so I could see the nail and I said, hey, dumb E, there's a nail behind the board. And it was as if like the world quit turning for a moment as I called this guy a dumb E, right? And, and it was almost like the saws were running, drills were running, everything was going, traffic on the street going by. And it was like when I said that, it just went brrr. And everybody turned and looked to see how this guy was going to react. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know. You know that's, uh, I think like, I might have to throw this hammer and run. 
And then all at one time, everybody on the job site just busted out laughing. And, and from that point on, it was like my rite of passage, right? It's like I became one of the boys. It's it like they had to push me so far to get me to a point to where I'd finally like bow up and, and stand up for myself. And, uh, and so um, we became like best buddies. It was like at the end of the day, it wasn't anymore like they go their way. They're like, hey, let's go to the pool hall and shoot some pool, man. And I was like, why not? You know, so we go and hang out and I became one of the boys. And so, um, but I learned a lot of stuff through construction and, and even um, through that summer that if you want something to function right, you have to build it the right way. If you want something to function the way it's designed to function, it has to be built correctly from the ground up, right? And this is one of the things that I, I see in scripture all the time is that the writers of the Bible, as, as they were inspired and led and carried along by the Holy Spirit, they were writing and they'd often use construction illustrations. And one of the ways they would use these construction illustrations and these analogies was in reference to the church. And, and Jesus even said that he would come, he would build his church and not even the gates of hell would stop the building of his church. And see, this is encouraging to me. And I love the Ephesians because it talks so much about this. That that the church is something that Jesus is building and nothing can stop it. So for you and me, as we sit here today, if we are in Christ and we belong to Jesus, then we are part of a movement, not a building, but part of a movement made up of people that cannot be stopped and that God is still building and adding on to. It's a great and glorious uh, privilege that we get to be a part of God building his church. And as we're reading this text today, it's really what I want to focus us on is this, how God has built his church, how he's built it on the right foundation, how he's building us together, not as these dead stones or lifeless pieces of material, but as living stones, people that he's adding into the kingdom. Listen to this in verse 18. Again, it says, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How many of you remember where we started last week when we started in chapter two of Ephesians? There were two words we said two weeks ago that were very important in our relationship with God. And what were those words? You remember? But God, right? But God, we talked about how we were dead, rebellious failures, dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins, but God stepped in through Christ and brought us to life. And when I read this, this is what I start seeing again, is that Paul is again telling us it's through him we have access to the Father. We've been brought together. And here's the crazy thing. He says we've been added to the saints. Anybody in here live like a saint this week? Like you would look at yourself and be like, my life is so good that I should be declared a saint, right? No. And it's not through us that we're declared saints, but through Jesus and his righteousness and our faith in him and what he's done that God says, you've become part of this sainthood. We think about saints being old people like they lived long times, a long time ago who, who did these great things and now after their death, they become saints. But saints, according to scripture, are people who are found righteous in Jesus. And so he calls us saints, but God has made us saints, no longer dead in our sins and trespasses, but alive in Christ. The next week we talked about two other words. What were those? You remember? But now, and we talked about the walls of hostility that existed between us and God and that existed between us and other people and how God has tore down those walls of hostility and he's made us one. And we talked about last week how we come and we both have access to one, in one spirit to the same father. In other words, we have the same daddy. We're all one big family. And Paul even uses the language here of being a part of God's household. Meaning we've been brought into the family. Think about how cool that is, that you weren't brought in like as a second or third cousin, right? 
You weren't brought in as like crazy, crazy cousin Eddie. You were brought in as a son. You were brought in as a daughter. You were adopted in, given full rights as a child of God. And so God has brought us all together, made us a part of his household, made us a part of his family. And we see that he's doing this building together of people, putting us together. Paul goes on, listen, as he talks about the saints and the members of God's household, given righteousness by Christ and made a part of his family. He says in verse 20, he begins to introduce this construction language. He says that we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. I'll tell you this, there's nothing more frustrating than than building a building or working on a building that got off on the wrong foundation. That's out of square. There's nothing more aggravating than trying to make a building right when it's been built on the wrong foundation, right? But here's the good news. Like the church is being built on the apostles and the prophets teaching the word of God, this revelation of Jesus. And Paul has this understanding that as the word of God is preached, as these teachings are proclaimed, as the gospel is sent forth, that people are being added into this building and it's built on this foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And people are constantly being added. He goes on and says that the cornerstone is Jesus himself. Today, when we build buildings, a lot of big, um, fancy monument type buildings, they're built and they have a cornerstone. But a lot of that today is more ceremonial. It's more for show. But back in this day, the cornerstone was a huge rock that would be put down and the rest of the building was built off of this rock. And if the cornerstone was right, it would ensure the, at least give the integrity of the building from that point on a good start, right? So it could be built upon properly. What Paul's telling us is this, that you've been built upon the rock of Christ. You've been built upon the strength of Jesus and you've been built or being built in such a way through Christ and through his teachings that you can become a strong and glorious temple to the Lord. And it's an awesome thing to see that this is how God sees it. That we're being built together, members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, their teaching, and that Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. And listen to this. It says in verse 21, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows, right, into a holy temple in the Lord. And those words are so, so important for us to see today. That it is through Jesus that his church grows, right? There's six things I want to tell you real quick. You can jot these down. I'm just going to run through them real quickly. I may go through them twice so you can get them. But the, the first one is this, that through Ephesians 2, we see that we've come near to God through Jesus, okay? We've come near to God through Jesus. We became one with God through Jesus. That was number two. We became one with God through Jesus. Number three, we became one with each other through Jesus, Number four, we're all being built together on the foundation of Jesus. As Jesus is the cornerstone, we're all being built together on the foundation of Jesus. Number five, we're all being held together by Jesus, right? And number six, Jesus is still building his church. It's an awesome thing. 
Because Paul had this great vision. Listen, this is so cool. Paul had this great vision that God had given him of what his church would be. And it was that the church would constantly be growing. The church would constantly be added on to because God's going to constantly be bringing these stones, not dead stones, but living stones, people that he's bringing into this, this holy temple that he's building, this household of faith, these people that he's bringing together. And he's saying, I'll take that one and I'll take that one and I'll put them in place and I'll put them in place and he's building this temple that would be a great testimony to his name and if you're in Christ you're part of that temple see Paul in in his mind he's writing to these Ephesians he would have had in mind the temple of Artemis right that was in Ephesians she she was like a god of of wildlife of hunting of nature and they built this huge temple it was so big in fact there was one of the seven wonders of the world so it was huge But Paul, in the back of his mind, is thinking they built a temple to this God, but the most glorious temple is the one that I'm building, or that God's building through his son. They're the most glorious temple. He's saying you can look at that that great temple that was built to this false God, this pagan God, but the most glorious temple you're going to see is when people whose hearts have been changed by Jesus, when the Holy Spirit has brought them together and they begin to move with one purpose and one direction, that that is the most glorious temple you will ever see is this temple being built by God through sinful human beings that become trophies of his grace and are added together to build this glorious temple in the Lord. And see, we came out of that, that, uh, the verses um, series where we talked about this cultural Christianity versus authentic faith and Christianity. And, and the thing that many of us think is hard for us when we hear church and we even use church so many times to refer to the building, but the church is not a building. The church is the people. The church is the people that God adds together to build this glorious building, this glorious building up of his people that bring him glory. And I want you to understand that when we started this church, the whole purpose of this church being started was to see people added to God's church, right? Was to see people who were far from God come near. To see people who, who, were, who, were, who were distant from a relationship with Jesus, to draw near, to meet him, to come to know him. And that's still our heart. It will always be our heart. In fact, it's so much our heart that we want to see those who are far from God come near to God and those who are near to God grow up in Christ that we feel that the Lord has given us a vision. In fact, we know that the vision of this church is to reach 10,000 people in the next 10 years. And you can say, well, that's too, that ain't going to happen. Well, I didn't think we'd go from seven to 1,300 in five years. But see, here's the thing. That is a huge vision. That's a huge, huge vision, big vision. But we have a big God, a God who's able to do anything. And we know that he's put this on our heart. And that's the direction of our church, that we would see 10,000 people in the next 10 years. And 80% of those people would be serving. Um, They would be in connect groups and they'd be giving generously because we don't want to be a mile wide and an inch deep. We want to see this temple grow tall. We want to see this temple grow wide. We want to see this temple grow deep, that it can be something that God gains the glory through. That people don't look at it and go, oh, that's where Brandon Williams is. Or, oh, that's where Billy Shiver is. Or, oh, that's that church that meets at the high school. Or, oh, that's that church that meets next to Sally Zedra. Or, oh, no, it's a church that God is building so that when people look at this church, they see the glory of God. 
in the Old Testament, that was pitiful. In the Old Testament, when people would walk by the temple, they knew that it was set apart for the purposes of God. They knew that it was set apart for the glory of God. Even if they weren't Jewish, they knew that that's the purpose of that temple. When people would walk by um, that temple uh, of uh, Artemis and they would see this temple and they would look at it, they knew that it had been built for the, for the glory of this pagan God, right? How much more the temple of the living God, us who are being built together to shine the glory of Jesus into a dark world. That's what God's called us to. That's what God's called us to be about. And we make no apologies about that. It's politically correct in the church to say that numbers don't matter. I beg to differ because Jesus talks in Luke chapter 15 about the number that matters the most. And that number is one. It's the next stone that God desires to add. It's the next person that he wishes to bring into his temple. And, And I loved last week, so many people put so much into one person coming to know Christ. And if that's what it takes, then that's what we'll do to see people who are far from God draw near to him. That's the purpose of the church is to grow in width and to grow in depth and to be built up as this glorifying temple to the Lord. One of the things that we realize with this vision that God's given us of 10,000 people in 10 years with 80% serving in connect groups, giving generously is that the key to the whole thing is the power of the gospel. See, when you look at all of those things I listed out, those six things, what was the key word in every one of them? Jesus. Jesus. Somebody ever asked me, like, why, why is the church growing? I, Jesus. What do y'all do, Jesus? What, Jesus? I don't even let him get out of the third question. I just cut them off. Jesus. 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 Jesus, because Jesus still changes hearts and God's called us to proclaim the great and good news of Jesus. One of the ways that we're going to see that happen is through the one-on-one project. You've heard, if you've been around, you've heard us talk about this, the one-on-one project that God's given us, that we would, would raise $3 million. It's a lot of money that through that $3 million, a million and a half would go to outreach, um, three things, outreach, international missions, and church planning. The other million and a half will go towards permanent facilities for a church here in Statesboro, but also for permanent campuses that we would plant other places. We may take a young man or an old man, um, didn't want to leave y'all out, old men, and plant them who feel called to pastor, who are ready to pastor a church and put them in a location to reach more people with the gospel. But we're going to raise $3 million to do those things, outreach, international missions, And then to plant churches and to build permanent facilities. Because this is what we believe. We don't believe that a facility is the end. We believe it is a means to the end of reaching people with the gospel. Our goal has never been to build a church building. Our goal has always been to see people come to know Christ. And as a church, here's the thing, guys. We know that God's called us to take the first major step in one and one. We know that God is leading us to take our next step. And let me explain what a next step is. If you've been around Connection for very long, you know what a next step is. In fact, it is a part of your daily vocabulary, right? 
We refer to a next step as maybe your step of salvation where you accept the invitation that Jesus has given you. That's one next step. Another next step may be being baptized. If you've never been baptized as a believer, being baptized next Sunday, right? That may be your next step. Another next step may be getting in a connect group. Another next step may be serving. Another next step may be giving. Whatever that next step is, every person in this room has a next step that God's calling them to take in their relationship with him. And it's important because next steps are how we walk out our faith. But not only individually do we have next steps, but as a church, we have a next step. And this is what I know in my heart, that God has very clearly given us our next step as a church. And today I want to roll that out to you. I want to talk about that with you. This is the part that's a little different from most Sundays. I want to talk to you about this next step. And I want to talk to you about about it by using four different questions. What is our next step? When is our next step? Why are we taking our next step? And how are we taking our next step, right? So what, when, why, how, okay? We're gonna answer those questions. And so the first question is this. What is our next step? After praying, listen, we, we meaning our staff, our board of elders, myself, people I've talked to, consulted, prayed with, we believe we know our next step and we are sure that God is leading us. And this is what I want to do. Rather than telling you, I want to show you. So right now I'm going to ask the guys back there, the girls back there at the computer. I want you to see our next step. That's pathetic. <laughs> Floor plan. Big children's area, auditorium with about a thousand seat capacity, offices that will be next to the, old, the new Sally's that are our school. And we know that this is our next step. So when are we taking our next step? We believe that we are going to break ground on this building by June 1st of 2014. It may sound far away, it's three and a half months, but we believe that God's going to do this. We believe the scripture that says, unless the Lord builds a house, the labor is labor in vain. We can't do this, but God can, and you know how he's going to do it through us. Everything we've ever needed, Jesus has provided. And I can tell you this, starting a church with nothing, with nothing, and seeing Jesus build it. So you can walk in right now and you can see 1,000, 1,100 people in an auditorium and you can think, wow, this is awesome. You should have been there on day one because it may have even been better. Because the presence of Jesus has always been what drives this. And the presence of Jesus is going to be what drives it until the day I walk away. I can guarantee you that. And I believe that the day I walk away will be the day you drag my dead body off this stage. The reality of it is, guys, that I believe this with all my heart. The best days are ahead of us, not behind us. There's a lot of people 
still to reach. There's a lot of people still to be baptized. There's a lot of families that still need love. Listen, many of us walked in here today with burdens that only Jesus can lift. That only when we surrender everything to him can he begin to remove. We've got wounds that only Jesus can heal. See, the world's got all kinds of problems. We've got all sorts of situations. But the thing that I can tell you is that there is one answer and it's not a thing. It is a person and his name is Jesus. And I know this because I know what he did in my own heart, in my own life. I know what I've seen him do in dozens, even hundreds of people in the last five years. And there's still greater days ahead. We believe this is going to happen this summer. Why are we doing it? Why are we taking our next step? Well, the first thing I would say about this is if you've ever done setup, you don't ask, ask that question, right? <laughs> like nobody who ever put up hundreds of feet of pipe and drape, um, unloaded three trailers, loaded them back up, like you never ask that question, like why do we need a building? You just don't, right? And so there, there's a lot of practical reasons, but I want to be very clear about something, guys. I want you to hear this. The reason we're doing this, number one, higher than any other reason, is because we really believe this is what God's leading us to do. We don't believe this is a place for everybody just to come and gather and have a holy huddle. We believe this is a place for everybody to come and then scatter and carry the gospel into the world. We believe this is a place for the four to 600 college students that attend our church on a weekly basis for them to be trained and equipped so that wherever God sends them after they graduate, they aren't just going to be an accountant or a school teacher or a football coach or an engineer or whatever else degrees they've got at Georgia Southern now. You're going to be be a missionary into the place that you're working. It's a place, it's a place from which we will scatter, not gather. It's a place that God is going to use us to be a part of his church that transforms the face of the earth. People listen to me. The local church is still the hope of the world because we have the answer, Jesus. The number one reason, because we honestly believe God's leading us to do this. The second one is I believe it's a stewardship issue. Right now we rent everything. If there's an empty building, we'll rent it and try to put something in it because we need space, right? We got offices at 29 North Main. We've got the Wesley House on Wednesday night for youth. We got the Honey Bow and Recreation Department on Wednesday. We've got, uh, during the summer, we, we borrow um, the, the, the 180 Fitness uh, aerobics room. Um, they let us use that. We're all over the place. And we believe that this is a stewardship issue. In one way, we pay about $120,000 a year in rent. And we believe we can steward better. The second one is with our energy and our time. We put so much energy and effort into being mobile. And yet the thing is we want to invest that into people. So I believe that it's a stewardship issue of our time and our money and our energy. The next one is this. And I want to be very clear before I tell you this why. Um, I want to say... First of all, to our, our Board of Education, I know that there's been a lot of stuff about them in the last three months, a lot of things going on um, with the Board of Education. I want to say first, before I even talk about this, number one, I am very thankful for the Board of Education. We have had a great working relationship with our Board of Education in Bullock County. In fact, I think it's cool that God had them build us an auditorium about seven or eight years ago, right? And so... I want to first of all say how thankful and appreciative we are with our board 
of education, right? Because they've been great to work with. They've helped us. They've been there. They, I mean, we couldn't have done what, what's happened without them, right? Without them allowing us to use the space that we've used. So we're very, very gracious. About November, um, when, when we were getting ready, we started talking about a new lease and trying to, to, to sign a new lease for the property or the, the facilities that we rent. We found out that all facilities had been frozen for a time. And they were looking at some things. Well, when it's November, the end of November, and your lease runs out at the end of December, and you find out that the lease is frozen, it tends to send a little bit of a chill up your spine, right? Especially when you look at it and you really have nowhere else that you can go and do what you do. And so we, we, we really began to pray, and we really began to think. And then we finally got our lease um, for the next year. And, and when we got it, it was actually, instead of, listen, right now we pay $1,685 a week to use this facility. When we got the lease back, it was 2700 per week. So we went and we sat down with them. And, and granted, they were, they were gracious to us, um, gave us some of the, their time to be able to sit down and talk about it. And they said, well, you use the building five and a half hours, right? We said, no. And they said, oh, well, good. How long do you actually use it? We said, eight and a half. And they were like, don't tell us that. And I was like, we can't lie. We're a church, right? <laughs> and so we figured it again. It was like $3,800 per week. That we'd be paying. And I don't know if you remember, unless you were under a rock, you probably remember this, but the, the prayer in school thing kicked up. And it ended up being that our rent got tabled for another time. But we have now, instead of a 12-month lease, we have a six-month lease. And our lease runs out June 1st at the current rate. We don't know what will happen. I know this. I, I have full confidence in, that our board is going to do what they can do to help us. We've had a good relationship but here's the thing, just like with the prayer school, we don't know what's going to be handed down. We don't know what's coming. Let me tell you this. The world is not getting less wicked, right? The world is not growing friendlier to the church. And we just believe that God said, hey guys, here's a little nudge. It's time to take the next step. Yeah, didn't want to panic, prayed through it, but I kind of felt like it was God saying, here you go. And so we began to look at it. The lease was cut to six months. The, the rent almost went up quite a bit. We just don't know what's coming down the pipe. What's going to be handed down to them? What are they going to be forced to do? And the reality of it was, we felt like it was just God's way of saying, take your next step. And it became very, very clear. Listen, another reason is because we, we've been working with a builder who, who he does design build for churches. That's all he does is churches. We did a, a different design on the church. We now realize we can build what we need to build for about half of what it was going to cost. Not only that, but listen to this. The guy who was building our church, he sat down, he heard about our one-on-one project and he said, listen, if you build this building, we're going to donate $200,000 to an orphanage in El Salvador. Now here's the thing that's crazy. And I want to tell you, we're going to have local people bid it. If they, man, bid it. Let's see, let's, let's, let's do this, right? But the thing I'll tell you guys is like, that's 200,000 nudges that it may be time. And I don't know about you, and you may be thinking through even when I talked about the different next steps, what's my next step? But if you're like me, you're kind of stubborn maybe. You're a little hard-headed. And so sometimes God goes, hey, take the next step. You're like, what's that God? And then he says it, he's like, hey, take the next step. You're like, I really think that might be God. And then it's like, hey, take the next step. Man, that's the third time. That might be God. 
And then finally, if you're like me, hey, idiot, take the next step, right? And that's really how we felt through this process. Is that God's just saying, just take the step, just do it. And so we really, really, truly believe and have full confidence. In fact, I believe it's going to be like, if you've been around a while, I believe it's going to be like when we knocked the wall down in the building over at the blue building behind Burger King. You remember the drug dealer building, that one? Um, I really believe it's going to be that way. We, we, we thought we were in faith and we borrowed $20,000 and at a time when our offering was probably $1,200 a week. And we thought, how are we ever going to pay this back? And we wrote a check to pay it off in seven days because Jesus provides. Wherever Jesus guides, he always provides. And I just believe this with all my heart. How are we going to take the next step? Here's number one. Everybody that calls Connection Church home will have a part in it. We've got, we, we just have a part. It's what we're called to. Remember, God's building us together as his glorious church. We get to be a part of something that testifies to the goodness and the graciousness and the awesomeness of God. We all become a part of this process. One of the lessons I learned, and I've learned a lot in the last five years, having started the church, having never done this before in my life, a lot of lessons that I would never do again, right? I'd never go back and do that again. In fact, I, I don't ever want to start another church. Like, this is it for me. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, one, because I love this church and I love you guys. But two, I don't want to do it again, right? It was just hard. You know what I'm saying? It's so like, Lord, just let me stay. Just don't mess with me, right? And, and I believe that I'll be here. I believe this is, this is what we're going to do. And, and I learned a lot of lessons. And one of those lessons was this, that when you're smaller, a handful of people can carry the church in a way of serving and, and uh, generosity and different things. As it grows, man, it takes everybody. And I believe God designed it that way. And I believe that's one of the glories of a large church is that we all have to work together. He builds this great big body together. And we all come together and we work together and God builds his church through us. And so one way it's going to happen is that we all become a part of it. Of God building this glorious temple, the people of God together. I want to show you real quick a video that I think is going to help you see this even more clearly. So check this out. One on One is part of our vision to reach 10,000 people in 10 years. For every dollar given to One on One, half will go to our Statesboro campus, half will go to local outreach, international missions, and planning churches. When Connection first started, we relied on the generosity of the few people we had. Now that we've grown to over 1,400 people on Sunday mornings, we're still relying on the generosity of our people. No matter how much you give, you're helping us reach people with the gospel and making a huge difference. Because of your generosity, we've seen hundreds of needs met and thousands of lives changed. On December 22nd, 2013, we had our biggest service day yet. Because of your generosity, we were able to provide over 500 gifts and 1,000 meals for some of our local families. In addition to your donations of food and gifts, $6,000 from the one-on-one project was used to make Service Day a huge success. Without your generosity, we wouldn't have been able to pull off a project that big. Today is an example of how one-on-one is making a difference on a grand scale, but even the smallest donation can bring about life change. 
three months ago, we gave a guy named Keith a $25 gift card to buy groceries. The following Sunday, he came to Connection for the first time. He stood to accept Christ, was baptized, and is now active in a Connect group. Whether it's $6,000 or $25, God is faithful. We need an additional $170,000 to break ground by June 1st. We also need $360,000 in new pledges to honor 101. It's going to take all of us working together to accomplish this goal. What we're asking is that each one of you, all 1,400 of you, give $10 a week for the next 17 weeks leading up to June 1st and pledge to give an extra $3.46 a week for the next two years. With this, not only will we break ground on June 1st, but the one-on-one project will be halfway done. That's incredible and something to get excited about. Just $10 a week in donations and $3.46 a week in new pledges. That's giving up one fast food meal and one less grande, half-calf, double shot, extra hot, no whip, two pumps vanilla mochaccino with room. Whether with a lot or a little, God can and will do exceedingly more than we could ask or imagine. Man, that's how close we are. I mean, everybody does something. When Jesus uses each one of us, amazing things happen. And we really wanted you to see this. $25 changed not only a man's life, changed his family's life, and changed his eternity. That's worth doing. That's worth being a part of. And we're going to continue to do that. The best is yet to come. I know this like I'm standing here today. God's got so much in store for us. $170,000 we need to raise between now and June 1st. $10 per person per week, as you just saw. Also, in order to keep the integrity of one-in-one, where we have this dollar-for-dollar missions building, $3.46 per person per week. Now, obviously, if everybody does $3.46, that would be great. You don't have to be the guy that does the actual $3.46. Do what the Lord leads you to do. Maybe today it's you taking the card that's attached to your announcement sheet. If you didn't get one, just go by one of the next steps tables or guest services tables. When you leave here, we'll get you one. And for you, it may be increasing what you've pledged. It may be going ahead and giving what you've pledged. And it may be doing both. But for each one of us, it's doing something. Something makes a difference. And I know that God's going to do some amazing, incredible things. When we started the one-in-one project, I remember telling our staff, and I even think I told the church, that I wanted to, to see this river be as wide and as deep and as ferocious as it could possibly be. This river that we're wading into because I wanted to see God do something that only God could take credit for. You ever realize that when this happens and, and in June 1st rolls around and we're at that place that we will be halfway to having seen God fulfill the one-in-one project that he put on our hearts to do originally. That huge, big river that we thought was so impossible to cross. God's parting and God's using people. He's using you, he's using me, he's using each one of us to do incredible things. I'm just thankful to be a part of it. I'm thankful to just see what God is doing. I wanna close out real quick with verse 22 from Ephesians 2, and we'll wrap this chapter up. Ephesians 2, 22, he says, in him you also 
are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit in him. You also remember the last two weeks we talked about how Paul said you in, in, in each of those, but now and but God statements, it was about us, right? And he says you. And so it's not the person to your left to your right. It's not the person in front or behind. Um, it's not somebody else that you wish had heard this message. It's you, it's me, it's us together that we are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. And so here's the thing. If you're in Christ, if Christ is in you, if you've accepted his invitation to know him, then you're a part of this holy temple that God is building, this glorious temple to his name. And it's hard for us to understand, and it's hard for us to see ourselves as that way of being this testimony to God's grace. But if you're in Christ, his righteousness has put upon you. God's glory has filled you through the power of his Holy Spirit. You're no longer a sinner. You become a saint. And God says, I want to use you to build my glorious temple, the people of God. That's what God does in us and through us. We're not just a project that gets completed at one moment. We're a process that God is working out in each one of us. As we walk along, taking those next steps, as we follow him, taking our next step, whatever that next step is, whatever it looks like. I don't know for you today, it's salvation. It's accepting Jesus's invitation to, to, to be in a relationship with God through him as he's paid the price for your sin on a cross, took the punishment of God, the wrath of God upon himself, right? So that you wouldn't have to. It, it, it may be your next step has been is salvation. And for some of you today, I believe it's been this. It's been, hey, take your next step. Hey, take your next step. Hey, take your next step. Hey, today's the day of salvation, right? And for some of us, we've been hearing that and we've heard that and we know that. And today's the day that we probably need to say, yes, God, I want a relationship with you through your son, Jesus. For others, it may be signing up for baptism. Maybe that's your next step and being built up, being built into this temple of the Lord. Maybe it's getting a connect group. Maybe it's starting to serve. Maybe it's giving. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's going to work and sharing um, your, your faith and your testimony with somebody there. Maybe it's praying every morning as you get out of bed. God, give me opportunity to share you and bring you glory today. I don't know what it is, but I know this. God will tell you and everybody in here has one, right? So my heart and my prayer for you today is you'll take your next step. You'll just take that next step. You don't have to have enough faith to take 10. You got to have enough faith to take one. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is when we continue to follow Jesus, even when we're afraid. So I want you to take that next step. In fact, what I'm going to do in just a moment is I'm going to pray. And as I'm praying, this is what I'm going to ask. And I'll say a good long prayer. I'm going to ask that today you need prayer. You need somebody to help you take your next step. I don't know if it's salvation, baptism, I don't know what it is. Maybe you want to talk to somebody about your next step. This is what I'm going to ask. While I'm praying, I'm going to ask you to get up and walk to these doors and meet our prayer team right over here to my left. You go right there. They're going to be there. In fact, I'm going to ask them to go ahead and start moving over there so you can see them. They're they're really innocent, right? They, They won't hurt you, I promise. But they will pray with you and they will encourage you. And I'm going to ask you today, you know, you need to take your next step just walk over there while I pray. I make it easy for you. While we're praying, you move. Listen, if you can't move on your own, you feel like your rear end sewed to the seat, you grab the person next to you. You know the person next to you, grab them. Ask them to go with you. Y'all just get up and move. Get up and walk and let us help you take your next step and this step of faith so that God can move in you. All right, let's pray. And you move, God. God, thank you. Thank you, God, that you still move in our hearts, that you do great things in our lives, Lord. I pray right now that you speak to the hearts of people right where they're sitting right now and that you would 
Give them the courage to move and take their next step, Lord. Just to take the one. God, if they need prayer, that they would move. God, if the day's the day of salvation, that they would go. Lord, if you're with us, if you're for us, then who, who Jesus could be against us? Who cares who's against us if you're with us? Lord, I pray you'll speak to their hearts right now. That they would move, being drawn by your spirit. Lord, I ask that you would continue to build your glorious temple, your glorious church, the people, God, who put their faith in you. Lord, not just Connection Church, but every church in this community, Lord. I pray that God, um, Southridge Church, Lord, would reach people, that they would grow in numbers and depth and reach people, that Compassion Church, Jesus, would reach people in your kingdom. God, I pray for First Baptist, First Methodist, First Presbyterian, Trinity. God, there's 130 of them. I can't name them all. But I pray you'll grow them, Lord, as you build this church, this universal church, Lord, for your glory. Tear down the walls that separate, denominational lines that fracture. Help us to realize that your love, your blood spread across all of our fine line differences and use us Lord to reach more spirit draw them to you and ignite our hearts as one man as we carry this torch of light the gospel in the darkness God we love you and we thank you and we praise you because you are worthy of our praise in Jesus name Amen.